0: I got upgraded. (laughs) She did good. Hey, this is my first time to speak in this room during the pandemic. I'm not so sure I like a few of you guys behind me. I'm okay with most of you, but there's a couple of you guys. Jaden, if you'll know who when they start, if anybody starts creeping my direction, I need you to like wave it on because some of those guys I'm not so sure about. Well, good morning. The Lord is good. Amen. Peace be with you. Yeah. Peace be with you. That's actually the words that Jesus Christ said to his disciples. The first words after his resurrection Peace be with you. John 20. 19 through 21 says, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you be with you now some people think that he said peace be with you because he frightened them, and certainly they were scared and they were hiding from the jewish leaders and all that but i, I don't think that he was saying hey whoa, whoa sorry 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 peace peace be with you i don't think it was one of those because jesus doesn't miss moments jesus doesn't mince words uh, in fact when it was if you go back just a, uh, a few days you'll see jesus on the cross and he said seven things he finished with father into thy hands i commend my spirit but before that he said six other things he said father forgive them for they know not what they do he also said today you will be with me in paradise he also said woman behold thy son behold thy mother he also said i thirst it is finished. And then of course, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Not a lot of fluff in those seven. Not a lot of minced words, very purposeful. And so when I see Jesus showing up to his disciples and the first words out of his mouth are, peace be with you, I don't think he was apologizing for frightening them. I think he was sending a message. And in fact, I think he was referencing, better yet, fulfilling, Isaiah 53, five, when it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. Who's saying this? Isaiah, long time before Jesus, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Can I get an amen? The punishment that brought us peace, it was the piercing, it was the crushing, it was the verbal and the emotional and the physical abuse that he endured that ultimately purchases our peace. Have you ever thought of it that way? It's because of his punishment that peace Was brought to us and so it's only after his dying it's only after his punishment that jesus shows up to his disciples and he says peace be with you and he doesn't even say it once he says it twice peace be with you other translations say peace be unto you others say peace be to you you could say peace be yours Jesus Christ came, and he lived, and he died, and he was punished, and then in doing so, it's as if he were saying, hey, guys, I just bought this peace with my life, and I'm now giving it to you, because trust me, you're going to need it. How many know that you need peace? How many know that days earlier, Jesus recorded John 16:33? he says, I've told you all these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble but take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. You don't have to tell that to Angelique this morning and William, they know with the passing of their son. You don't have to tell that to Cheryl Hatfield because even though it may have been expected, how many of you know you just never are ready for death? Because as Pastor Dan has said, as Pastor Dez has said many times, we're not designed for death. We're designed for life. Aren't you glad that the Lord knows our design, but because he also knows that sin entered this world and messed it all up, he's provided us with an answer. And that answer, part of that answer is peace. And how was it purchased? By his punishment. Peace be with you. Let's pray before we get too deep into this. Lord, I am speaking on a topic that is so relevant to all of us. And yet it's also really a sensitive, because ideas and memories are going to float to the surface. And I definitely want to partner with you that you would bring peace and encouragement and reminders of your truth. And so Lord, I just pray that you would lead me and uh, lead us as we hear your word, and may the truth Remain in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to start by looking at the word peace. Peace is a really interesting word, and it actually is not the word that Jesus used. Jesus would have said shalom. Uh, And shalom is a really rich word, really robust. I mean, just the meaning goes on and on and on. If you Google, what does shalom mean? You're going to get lists of what shalom means. It's deep. But here's a little bit of it. It means complete peace. So already, shalom, complete peace, is more than just peace. Our English word for peace It's complete peace. And in fact, all of these attributes, all these definitions, you could put the word perfect or complete or total in front of them and it would make even more sense. But it means peace. But that's not all it means. It also means harmony. Shalom means harmony, wholeness, tranquility, rest safety. When, 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 when Jesus says shalom, he's meaning all these things. We may hear peace because we think one word means one thing, but not so. It means all these things, but it also means prosperity, welfare, wellness, well-being. How so? Well-being physically, psychologically, socially, spiritually. Shalom means soundness, Soundness in body, soundness in spirit, soundness in mind. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The word shalom means a whole lot more than the word peace does. The, the English word peace brings like a dish to the table. The word shalom brings a feast to the table. And shalom, by the way, is also a greeting and it's a farewell. Whenever you read the epistles, you'll see uh, Paul and the others saying, shalom and grace. Shalom is what the Jews would say to each other, like hey, they would say peace, they would say shalom. And then the Greeks and the Gentiles would say grace, or the equivalent. And so, whenever the epistles open up with shalom and grace, what it's really saying is, hey, you Jews, hey, you Gentiles, hello, this is not just for you, and this is not just for you. This message is for all of us. Shalom is a greeting, it's a farewell, it's all these things we talked about. And oh, by the way, it's also an incredibly pivotal word in God's work of reconciliation. And we're going to talk about it today. Shalom is actually talking about finding uh, peace with God and finding peace with others and finding peace with ourselves. And uh, shalom is an amazing, amazing word, but you guys knew all that, or at least most of it. If we could say today, if we could look today, I'd like us to look at Jesus's offer of peace. And first of all, I wanna just acknowledge that he's offering a whole lot more than just peace. But second, I would like us, as we look closer at what it means to have peace with God and with others and ourselves, I'd like us to recognize if at any point the idea creeps in your heart that says, you know what, I'm not so sure I've applied that level of peace or peace to that situation like I should. I just want to encourage you to pause and ask the Lord would you help me apply it to that area and surrender that portion of my life because Jesus is saying peace be yours, peace be with you and it's so rich and I don't want us to miss a single application. So let's look at those three first of all. So the first one, peace with God. Colossians 1:19 through 20 says for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. We can experience peace with God because Jesus has made a way for all things to be reconciled back to God. And how did it happen? It happened through the cross, through the blood of the cross. This is reflecting back to through the punishment that Jesus endured for us. That's how we can have peace with God. Romans 5 says, we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If there is any doubt, the only reason you can be reconciled to God, the only reason we can have peace with God is because of what Jesus did on the cross. When Jesus said to his disciples, peace be with you, part of what he was saying is, right now, starting now, you can have peace with God. That's a big deal. And that promise extends to you and to me. You can now have peace with God. Because I died, you can live. Because of the punishment, because of the substitution, because of the atonement, you can have life. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. That's the peace that God offers us Peace with God, but not just peace with God. If it stopped there, good deal. Great deal, I'll take it. I don't even have to see door number two and three, but there's a couple more doors. We also can have peace with others. Colossians three twelve through 15 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with hearts of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience peace with others, just imagine how much more peace we would have with others if we, as believers, would better clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I can do a better job at that. Having said that, we are doing this. Can we do better? Yeah. From time to time, we, we slip up, but we can do better. The reason the world is so messed up is not because Christians aren't always doing this perfect is because the lot of people in the world aren't doing it at all the chance at reconciliation with others is through jesus christ the hope for this world is through jesus christ if people want to find reconciliation with others and peace with others they need to go through jesus christ if they don't they're just doing it on their own strength and i don't know about your strength but my strength wanes it fails it's not that great but god has imputed upon us he's clothed us with these things you didn't even do it he's clothing us with it and so when you walk into the world in humility and in love and in compassion and kindness and gentleness and patience this is because god has clothed you with that and so when you walk in just like an ambassador of christ you're making a statement you're able to to do things greater than yourself greater than a non-believer even because of what Christ has done in you. Colossians 3. It also goes on to say this though. Bear with one another and forgive any complaint you may have against someone else. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I love that. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How many times has He forgiven you? It's more than that seven times 70. (laughs) Quantitatively, We need to remember to forgive and to forgive again and to forgive again qualitatively we need to forgive like the lord forgave us it's a good forgiveness it's not a cheap trite forgiveness it's a quality forgiveness and this is a challenge both quantitatively and qualitatively and then the scripture goes on and over all these virtues Put on love, which is bond, which is the bond of perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, for th- to this you were called as members of one body, and be thankful. There's a lot going on there. I'm not even going to go to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2:11 2, through22 is your homework this week. Ephesians 2:11 through22 is an amazing look at how Jesus, through his peace, allows Christian brothers and sisters to tear down dividing walls, whether they be cultural, racial, or otherwise, and dwell together in unity, all fitting closely together like stones in God's holy temple stacked closely upon each other through the generations, going back to the apostles, going back to the prophets, and then ultimately going back to Jesus Christ, the chief and precious cornerstone. You need to read Ephesians 11 or Ephesians 2, 11 through 22, this week. If you want to have any impact in this world, if you want to have any uh, hope in bringing something of worth to the table, especially when talking about division, racial, cultural, otherwise, read Ephesians 2, 11, 22. And then when you're done, read it again the next day. And then when you're done with that, read it again and read it again. And then when we walk out and we align ourselves with that, I think we can have some hope. I think we can find some hope. I encourage you to read that one this week. You can have peace with others. You can have peace with God. And then finally, when Jesus said, peace be with you, he was also saying that you can have peace with yourself. In other words, you can have peace within yourself. That's probably the best news for some people in the room. They've captured the idea to have peace with God and they're open to the idea to have peace with others, but peace with ourselves. That's a really hard one. You need to recognize that when Jesus says, peace be unto you, he's saying that's peace within yourself as well. Philippians 4, four through seven says rejoice in the Lord always I will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be apparent to all the Lord is near be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus peace and contentment is absolutely possible For every believer in every situation, in every circumstance, that is your promise. Paul says shortly after that in Philippians 4, 12 through 13, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's Paul's testimony. That's our testimony. No matter what comes, because Jesus purchased our peace, we can be content and at peace no matter what comes. Have you ever heard of Durer's rhinoceros? Anybody? Derur's rhinoceros, Albrecht Dürer is a German painter, printmaker, he was a theorist, he's an amazing artist, and in 1515, he drew a picture of a rhinoceros, though he had never seen a rhinoceros. He based his exquisite drawing upon descriptions that eyewitnesses had sent back from India to Portugal to King Manuel I. And today, Dürer's Rhino hangs in the National Gallery of Art in Washington, DC. And oh, coincidentally, it sold for almost a million dollars back in 2013, and it's this big. (laughs) Just a little drawing, and here it is. I like the drawing. It's a cool drawing, but it's wrong. It's inaccurate. It's not completely accurate because it was based upon other people's descriptions and testimonies and not his own experience. Yes, rhinoceroses are real. I'm still wondering about those, what are those ones in the ocean with the, the norwals? I, I swore those weren't even real. I still don't believe they're real and yet I'm pretty sure they're real. Rhinoceroses I know are real. Whether Albrecht ever experienced one firsthand or not, I know they're real. I just wish he had gotten to see one. It would have improved his understanding, it would have improved his art. Even more so, when it comes to peace that Jesus has purchased for us, it's real. And I want you to experience it for yourself firsthand, again and again and again. And I want you to experience it with God and with others and with yourself because it'll make you a better person It'll make your, uh, it'll change your life. Life can be tough sometimes and we absolutely need his peace firsthand. I'm thankful that Jesus has made a way for us to walk in peace with God and with others and with ourselves and not just peace, but that Shalom kind of peace, that rich feast kind of peace. Harmony, wholeness, tranquility, safety, prosperity, welfare, wellness, well-being, all those. It's amazing. Here's the takeaway. If you ever find yourself lacking in a place, in an area, in a situation, peace, we need to go to the Lord and ask for it because it's already been provided because of his suffering, not because of your worth, although you have great worth, not because of your... uh, intelligence or, or, or what you've done in the past. It's because of his suffering. <clears throat> Most of you guys know that my nephew, Micah, passed away on August 18th, And the funeral was this past Monday. And it was awesome. It was just a fabulous, fabulous day. And several months ago, uh, leading up to this, uh, we, we were telling stories of Micah Whenever he was talking to his Nana and he said, Nana, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? Now, Nana is a pastor's wife, so we all know that she believes in Jesus. And yet, Michael had found salvation, he had found Jesus, and he just wanted to make sure his Nana knew. And sharing moments like that was just so much fun, just to hear these stories. Another time, uh, and this was right before he he passed i mean minutes before he passed he could he couldn 't even lift his leg back on the table I mean it was just. <clears throat> Like his dad asked him, do you still believe Jesus is healing? doesn't make sense. Life doesn't always make sense. But peace surpasses all understanding. One time I told Des, I struggle putting messages together. And he said, Josh, I pray, first of all, I wish he wouldn't have said pray. (laughs) But he said, Josh, I pray you will never become comfortable, a comfortable speaker. (laughs) He says, being relaxed diminishes the awesomeness of the task. It is possible to learn the art of public speaking, but it is the anointing that transforms the vocal vibrations into Debar Yahweh. It is the infusion of the blessed Holy Spirit that upgrades our words, weak or wonderful, to the status of a prophetic rhema. I love Dez. And yeah, I had to go look up a couple of those words. I didn't know what he was talking about. (laughs) I love Des. Why do I share that? To feel anxiety, a new wave of pain or struggle, uh, discomfort, stress, depression, angst. To feel any of those things is not a sin. That's just part of the human condition. And I was comforted in Second 2 Corinthians 2.13 this week because as I was putting together a message on peace, I was feeling anxiety, which happens to me all the time. Like it's, it's not, I'm not scared to talk in front of you guys. I, I was at one point, but I'm not scared to talk in front of you. It doesn't matter how many, doesn't matter. But in the process, I always feel anxiety and I hate it. And I was even telling God like, why? why? I, I'm preparing a message on peace. And I'm anxious about it. Like, what is wrong with me? This is ridiculous. And that's when the Lord reminded me to feel anxiety, to feel stress, to feel worry, to feel uh, angst, to feel hurt is the human condition. In fact, 2 Corinthians 2.13, Paul says, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. It is helpful for me to know that Paul Lacked peace of mind at least occasionally. The same Paul who also said, The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That same Paul said, I don't got no peace of mind right now. This one hurts. But he knew where to go with it. He knew where to go. I think sometimes we misdefine peace to be a total absence of anxiety or mental stress, and therefore to have peace of mind means that we've got to be totally calm all the time, never any pain, never any worry. There's probably sitting cross-legged, humming something with birds fluttering over your head. I mean, it's like that's, we misdefine it. And that's just not reality, not even for Paul, not even for Jesus. Jesus had suffering. Jesus was tempted. So it happens to everybody because peace is not an absence of trouble. It's the presence of God with us in our trouble. So my challenge for us today is, let's number one, let's try and better understand and embrace the peace of God, the shalom of God in our lives. And number two, if you're struggling with this one, let's reject this idea that peace means that stuff doesn't happen to you. Uh, We're promised hardships. We're promised struggles. We're also promised access to peace through it all. Amen. The goal of life is not happiness. The goal of life is not to be in pain. The goal of life is not to be, uh, or should have said without pain. The goal of life is not to be without struggle. Nobody gets through it unscathed. The goal of life is to find Jesus in it all and to lean on his strength and to lean on his peace and to walk in that peace. Sometimes your loved one dies. Sometimes your son loses his life. Sometimes your mother passes away. Sometimes you lose your job. Sometimes you get betrayed. That's the human condition. But fortunate for us, Jesus has embraced death so that we can embrace life. Jesus has embraced our punishment so that we could embrace his peace. And I'm convinced more than ever that even though peace is available, we've gotta pick it up and apply it to every situation. It's not a salvation issue. It's a quality of life issue for the believer. We can be saved and only walk in some of the peace that Jesus has purchased for us. But we don't want that. We wanna walk in all of his peace. He's come to give us life and life more abundantly. Peace with God, peace with others, peace within ourselves, all of that's available. So earlier I challenged you, if there's an area that the Holy Spirit would prompt you and say, you know what, I'm not so sure you're trusting me in that area. I'm not so sure you've applied the peace that I purchased in that area. You got to stop and apply it and receive it. I want to close today by showing you a three minute uh, picture slideshow that Michael Bell uh, made for our family that we showed at the funeral. And uh, the song, particularly, that is playing behind the pictures is pretty powerful. I didn't bring the lyrics. I probably should have. But if you can catch them, uh, this particular song is um, just rich with promises and reminders of how to walk through uh, a challenge. And I just want to show you the pictures, just because I want to brag and show you my nephew. And, uh, but it's the song that I think will potentially minister to you the most. And then Pastor Brent, if you would, close us however the Lord Lord leads you to do that. Um, I also invite you just again to consider your situation of life. And if there's any place that you need to apply the peace of Jesus to, do it. It's there, it's available, it's already been bought, and it's for you. God bless you, peace be with you.